Is that just a song that we sing or is that the declaration of our heart today? That no matter what I am facing, I've got a foundation that is fixed on Jesus. No matter what I see, it doesn't matter what naturally is in, because I got a spiritual viewpoint of the goodness of God, that He is faithful to deliver, He's faithful to bless, faithful to promote. Come on, if your foundation is on Jesus, you got a lot to celebrate. Maybe not what you see right now, but where you're headed. It's a future filled with the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. They gave a worship team phenomenal. Rachel, back from maternity leave. She got that mama anointing on her life. Hey, can we welcome those online right now, particularly the men of Lansing Correctional. We love you so much. Good to be in church. The rain couldn't stop you. The middle of summer or the beginning of summer. It's like vacation season, but y'all in church, the real ones. In fact, the message today, honestly, it's a to the heart of the church message. People couldn't make it from the wind and the rain. They're watching online. Less blessing for them, more for you. But uh, I, I knew who would be here today, the hungry, maybe the hurting, the faithful, the church family. And so uh, I'm gonna speak a message that's speaking to my heart today. What I'm believing God for, for, for my, life, my life, for our life as a church, amen? Hey, say hi to your neighbor, grab your seat. As you might know, we are correlating messages in ministry of the platform directly related to what we're reading in the Bible reading plan. How many people are in the Bible reading plan? How many people realize it's June, we're halfway through? You might have faltered halfway, but it's halftime. You're reestablishing its comeback season. Get back in the Bible. Uh, but today we start in our Bible reading, we start the book of Ezra. Now, Ezra is, is commonly overlooked. Most people go right to Nehemiah. In fact, in the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible, these stories are one book connected. We know Nehemiah's story is the rebuilding of the walls, a miracle that wasn't a miracle, something crazy that God established protection and provision for safety of God's people. It's kind of the building of the, the, the place of blessing. But the blessing happens, what happens inside the walls when the temple is built, when the, the message is preached, there's a revival in the nation. And Ezra is the heartbeat of revival. Ezra's story is that he was a, a, a priest in captivity. In fact, all of God's people were taken into captivity. And, and, and what we see in this story is this, this kind of struggle to rebuild a place of worship, but most importantly, a, a, a turn back to the heart of worship, to get hearts in right order. And where the heart is right, the hand of God shows up. That's what we're gonna see in Ezra's life, that I think you could directly connect to where your life is right now. That I might not see God's hand, but what I can do is get my heart ready. And when my heart is ready, God's hand will show up. God's hand of protection, God's hand of promotion, God's hand of provision. God's best shows up when we align our hearts with his. The big picture of Ezra is God keeps his promises. We gotta keep our hearts in right order to receive them. In fact, the big promise that God keeps is one that we know we share very often. One of the most quoted Bible verses of all time. The prophet Jeremiah, as they were heading into captivity, into Babylon, under the rule of multiple 70 years, he says, I know the plans I have for you. It's a declaration of the Lord. 
I know what I'm doing in your life. You might not like what you're in. You might not like what you're looking at right now, but I'm not leaving you there. I'm leading you to something better. I've got a divine turnaround for the detour that you're on. I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. It might seem like a harmful situation. No, I'm just doing the hard, hard work of the heart right now. And I have a hope for your future. That all that you see right now is not all you're ever gonna see. You're gonna see a redemption to the story. You're gonna see a revival in your story. Ultimately, you're going to see the hand of God. I wanna speak today about the, the hand of God. That Ezra had the hand of God on his life. And friend, so can you. Kingdom City Church, so can we. We can have the hand of God. In fact, Ezra's name literally means divine help. How many want a little Ezra in your life? A little divine help in your marriage, a little divine help in your raising of your family, a little divine help in your career. We say here, uh, it's one of the catchphrases that we use as a church, culture, language. It, it takes hard work and the hand of God. Like to see the harvest, come on, how many, to, to get church done. Like how many grateful for production, grateful for worship, grateful for kingdom kids, grateful for those greeting you. Outside. There's some hard work, there's some sweat, but there's also the hand of God. And I wonder if some of us, we've just been grinding away, but we haven't seen the glory of God show up. If that's been the case, we feel like I've been doing the hard work, but I'm not seeing the harvest. We might be missing a little bit of the hand of God hovering over our lives. And friends, today you can have it. With an adjustment of your heart, the hand of God shows up and he can heal what the enemy tried to destroy. He can help you where no one else can ever make a way. He can make a way. He can promote you to doors of destiny that could not open apart from divine providence. The hand of God is there. There is divine help for you. Ezra chapter seven. This Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all he requested. King Artaxerxes gave him everything he asked for. Why? Because the hand of the Lord, his God, was upon him. So he had favor with not just God, he had favor with people. Why? The hand of God was on his life. Some of the sons of Israel and some of the priests and Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants went up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. He came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was the seventh year of the king. For on the first of the first month, he began to go up to Babylon. And on the first of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. Because what? The good hand of his God was upon him. When he was in the enemy territory, when he was back in God's place, the good hand was there. How come the good hand was on Ezra? One verse that we're gonna unpack today. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach God's ways, his statutes, his ordinances to others. It wasn't just his own personal thing. He was a public minister of his God. If you will set your heart no matter what you've been through, no matter what your captivity might feel like, no matter what your current struggle looks like, you will see the leadership of the sovereign hand of God. It isn't just your hard work anymore. There's a hand of God that wants to come over your life. Now we know the spirit of the living God's on the inside of us, but there is a special place of favor for the humble of heart that God will promote, God will provide, and God will protect at new levels, and I'm here to declare that it is a year. We're halfway through. The rest of the year, it's the hand of God on your life kind of year, amen? 
I want to speak about under God's hand. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing. In 2023, we're at the halfway point as a church. You're faithful. I'm grateful for the good people that you brought here. Lord, today, would you put a hunger on the inside of us that we would hear your word, rightly align our hearts so we could experience the hand of heaven, the help of heaven, that there's more for us, that we, if we feel like we're in a deficit halfway through the year, that there would be a rally, there would be a comeback of calling, there would be a renewal of purpose, there would be a revival in our hearts, and when we set our hearts right, God, you'll set your hand on us, your hand of promotion, your hand of deliverance, your hand of protection. God, we're after you. Help us walk with you into the rest of our year. In Jesus' mighty name, can I get a robust amen? Amen, amen. Ever just seem the kind of person that seems like they just have all the favor? Come on, do you have that friend? Maybe somebody went to school, it's like everything just works out for them. I'm listening to this, uh, finished this, um, this audio book I was listening to. It's an autobiography, which you always gotta take the autobiography with like a grain of salt, right? Because they're writing their own story. And this guy that I'm listening to, I'm not gonna tell you who it is because there's some crazy stuff in there. I don't want you to go blame me for the things you listen to. It's not my fault. I'm saved enough to listen to this one. And it, his story, he paints these horrible predicaments of his own selfishness and eccentricness, and he just seems to get out of it, unscathed every time. And I was like, man, it must be nice to like just to be able to do whatever this guy does and just comes out on top over and over again. Then I realized he's writing his own story. Like he's not telling you about the damage that it caused his family or reputation and all that struggle. He's just saying it like, well, from my perspective, everything worked out okay. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of frustrating. Because when I'm living real life and real issues, I mean, not everything I do works. Not everything I plan succeeds. But I do find that we see in the passages of Scripture, and we see in the story of Ezra, that even in dark days and even in dilemmas, even in detours, even in captivity, the calling remains. That God still keeps his promises. And the more difficult the situation that even the people of Israel got themselves in, the greater the deliverance of their God. It's as if to say that despite all the mistakes, God will still make things right in the end. And that's the promise of joining Jeremiah 29, 11. We don't always talk about the captivity. We talk about the promise of his blessing. But actually, sometimes God allows us to go through dire situations and detours in order to fortify destiny in us. Because if it was just our hard work or just our obedience, then we could take credit for it. But if you find yourself in a place where life isn't working, what you'll find today is an opportunity, like Ezra, to set your heart right. And if your heart is set on him, you will not see it immediately, but there will be a season that comes. The promotion of God, the hand of God, the favor with God and with people will come upon your life. And I want to speak to those that are hungry enough, that don't want to stay in the captivity and the detours, of the, and call it missed destiny, but are realizing that God's grace is sufficient, his mercy is brand new this morning, that if I can get my heart in alignment, I'm going to see the hand of God. It will not just be my hard work. There's going to be something holy that happens over my life. Ezra demonstrates that God is just looking for people that have their hearts right. If you can get your heart right, 
you can experience the hand of God. In fact, it says in 2 Chronicles 16, the eyes of the Lord are always looking on the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In other words, if I commit my heart right, God's hand is going to show up. God's hand always follows a right heart. In Romans chapter two, I love this from the message paraphrase. It says, God is kind. How many grateful for the kindness of God? But, but he's not soft. In his kindness, he takes his what? Firmly by the hand. That's the grip of his grace. And he leads us, listen, to radical life change. Holding hands with heaven means I'm making some radical changes. And I would say that if you have not, if you're not able to say or speak out that you've made a radical change for God recently, that there isn't a radical renewal, there isn't maybe a radical sacrifice he's asking of you, that, that maybe you're not walking quite hand in hand with heaven as you should be. Because the truth is God does take us from glory to glory and strength to strength, but he does it by the grip of his grace, but it brings change. And if you're fed up with how things have been, just maybe today we can reset and fix our hearts on him. And we can begin to see the hand of God that will lead us to a radically different life. If you came here today for status quo Christianity, you came to the wrong church. There is a kingdom calling on your life that is bigger than you. Like Ezra, you have a calling to bring revival to your family, to your workplace. We've got a calling as a church to bring revival to Kansas City. And so we can decide we're just gonna have a little summer slump or we could seize the hand of God. We could set our hearts right today. And we can see that the second half of this year is twice as glorious as the first. Because there's something that God's been wanting to do. He's just looking for people to have their hearts in the right set, the right place. First Peter 5 gives us this promise that if we humble ourselves. I mean, life will humble you. Life is humbling. If you're not humbled in life, you don't have kids. They humble you real quick. Like, they're already like saying I'm old. I'm like, I'm not old. I'm forever young. But if you humble yourself, if you have a spirit of humility, under God's what? Mighty hand. Like I'm not just deciding, God, would you put your hand on what I'm putting my hand to? No, God, I'm, I'm choosing to humble myself under your hand. He will lift you up in due time, in the right season, in the right moment. Ezra had humbled himself in captivity. And then God promotes him publicly so he can bring revival nationally. The same way, you might feel like I've been overlooked, I've been overseen, but if you set your heart in the season that is called now, in the season that is next, you will see the hand of God and the favor of God on your life. It is humility before honor and it's humility before the hand of God. And God doesn't just pick one or two specials. He picks everyone that is willing. Everyone that is willing. And sometimes we gotta read the Old Testament passages with an understanding that none of these people were perfect. Like we just hear their great successes or their great failures, but there's a, lot of whole, a whole lot of years of ordinary grind. What we don't see about Ezra's story is the precursor, that he was devoted when no one else was, and then he got promoted to where no one else could go. So we know that there's something special God is doing behind the scenes, and if you seem overlooked, you are perfectly positioned in a place where God's hand is about ready to show up and show off on your life. And my kids, they love the... They love the claw game. You know that game at the arcade? Am I the only one that takes my kids to the arcade? They love the claw game. And there's this one, uh, it, has a, it has an iPhone in there. And they're like, Dad, 
it's only a dollar, you could win a phone. What I know that they don't know is that the game is rigged. Even if you're perfectly placed, the mechanical arm drops down, and the weakest grip in all of the history of mechanics will kind of just gingerly fall, and then it just, and then it just misses it. It's like if it's not perfectly positioned, it's not right. I tell you, some of you think that about God's calling on your life. You feel like, okay, God's going after the special few high-priced people, people that got it all together, people whose life's totally making sense, and, 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 and if he just gets it right in the grip, but God could drop you if it's not perfectly placed. God does not work that way. God doesn't pick perfect people. He perfects called people, and you're called, and you're positioned, and you gotta realize God's hand is not weak. He's just looking for hearts that are set in the right place so that he can bring revival to, so he can bring blessing through, so he can do something that is catalytic to change the world around you. And I believe we're that kind of church. I believe you're that kind of believer. No one else believes that about you. Your pastor believes that about you, that there's something significant on your life that God wants to put his hand upon, that it was just custom designed in, 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 the, in the plan of heaven for your destiny and for your purpose. In Ezra, we discover how to attract God's favorable hand. For Ezra, what, verse 10, prepared his heart. He had a heart prepared to seek the law of the Lord, the ways of God, and to do it, and to do it, and then to teach others to do the same. And the NIV says Ezra devoted himself, set his heart. He had a private devotion. If you want the hand of God, the first thing is you have to have a heart that's prepared. And I know that sounds like, oh yeah, I have a right heart. But that's everything to God. What we think, like, all the little additives and extras we do are what's actually going to promote our life. Real promotion, the Bible says, does not come from your boss. It doesn't come from your corporate structure. It doesn't come from hitting your sales goal. It doesn't come from your qualifications. Real promotion comes from God. And real promotion comes for those that humble themselves under God's mighty hand. So you need to understand that real freedom, real victory, real success, real deliverance in your life is always a heart. It is not about someone else helping you. It is about you getting your heart set in the right place. And the hard work for us as believers is always heart work. It's always the most important thing. If you wanna get your heart set, maybe you feel like your heart's a little out of alignment. The first thing we do, real basic, is we invite the investigation of the Holy Spirit. If you feel like there was a season where you were more fervent, more on fire, more passionate for God, something has changed and it wasn't God. In fact, this is one of the things that gets us as we've been following Jesus for a few years or for some of you a few decades, is that over time, we take this grace that has saved us, this Jesus that died for us, this goodness of God for granted, and that we miss the opportunity to be moved by him into new places of blessing and favor because it just has become common, common to us. Galatians 5, Paul writes to the church and says, you were running so well, who cut in on you? Or for some of us, it's what cut in on us? A situation we didn't see coming. A, maybe a, the truth is none of us choose to go jumping off the cliff into sin. It's normally a slide. It's a slide where we begin to settle with things that we know are not God's best for our life. The good news for you and me is that when we catch ourselves in a slide, we can set things back in order. As we invite the investigation of the Holy Spirit, it should lead us to confession. Confession is simply telling God what he already knows, where you missed it. But God is a God of relationship. 
And so God is always there to forgive. In fact, that's what the book of James says. We confess our sins to God. What He's faithful and just to forgive us. We confess our sins to one another. This is the power of church. And we pray for each other and we're healed. It's something that happens in this divine connection between heaven and earth, lifts the lid of sin over your life. But if you want your heart to be healed, it's actually about walking with another church family member or someone to mentor, encourage, and speak into your life. And in that moment of prayer, not for them sharing all their wisdom and Bible insight, no, but that moment of prayer, there is healing there. That you begin to team up with the right people. It's like those Belgium horses that can pull like, 10,000, 14,000 pounds. You put two of them together and they pull 36,000 pounds. They more than multiply their effort because each one of them is trying to push the other one further and farther. They get competitive in a good way, in a God-honoring way, is who can go the farthest carrying the most weight. You need those kind of relationships in your life. So as you begin to confess, then what do you do after you confess? You commit, I'm gonna do the hard work even when it isn't easy. I'm gonna do the due diligence of the soil of my soul every single day. It cannot just be Sundays. It cannot just be when you get into a connect group. No, you're allowing the investigation, the confession, and the determination and commitment of your heart every single day. And after you do that over time, you're gonna begin to develop more trust in God. And guess what? God will begin to trust you more. When God sees a humble heart that won't take the honor and the glory for themselves, it is the kind of person he wants to put his hand of promotion, provision, protection on your life in a brand new way. That's what happened to Ezra. And the same thing can happen to you. So you get the heart set right and get that right alignment, you're gonna begin to see the hand of God. But this isn't about our own effort only. This is about what Jesus has already done. In fact, I love what the... Uh, Scottish theologian and pastor Robert Murray McMain said, for every time I look at self, I need to take 10 looks at Christ. To me, that's great, because sometimes we beat ourselves up how we've missed it. And, and we hold ourselves like, yes, it's good to hold yourself accountable for your actions, but you realize the hangups of your yesterday do not have to hold you back any further. For every time you get a right look at where maybe your heart's got offset or out of alignment or where there's been a slide, you can take 10 looks at Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, that he is not done working in your life. And guess what? Your best days have not passed you by. You are one heart set away in this season from the hand of God to come upon your life in the season that's come. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. If you want the hand of God, you set your heart, but he prepared him to seek the word, a word pursued, a heart that's set and a word that's pursued. In other words, God's word, this is where most of us look at it. We look at it as cool stories of what God did that are inspirational, that are encouraging. That's great. The other way we look at it is just rules and regulations. This is do this, don't do that. What we miss in the mystery and the beauty and the fulfillment of God's law, God's ways, God's ordinances, as Ezra proclaimed, is that this is the way to know God, to honor God, to obey God, and to see God's best. You need to begin to look at your word, not as the things that I cannot do, but the opportunity given to me of the God I can know more, the Jesus that can show up in my life, the Holy Spirit that can speak to my inner world, I begin to look at it not as lanes to run in, but a God to go after. 
and when my heart is set and the word is pursued, that I actually desire to do the things of God. It's just not just keeping me out of the gray areas or the black and white of sin and shame. It's actually keeping me in tune with the heartbeat of God for my life and for my future. It becomes more than just rules. It becomes the way of life. I like what it says in Deuteronomy 32. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. For us as a believer, if you want a God life, you get a word life. I know I've been saying this every time I've been up here, but it's probably something thematic that God is wanting to speak to our church. James 1, we're not just hearers of the word. Like Ezra didn't just read the word. He did the word. He, he performed the word. He worked on it. And James 1 says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives us what? Not rules. It gives us freedom and continues it. Not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. They will what? They will be blessed in what they do. The hand of God shows up to those people that don't just know the word, but they, they do the word. And Ezra took it a step further, and so should you. It's not enough for me to know. It's not enough for me to do. I need to proclaim. He taught the statutes and ordinances in Israel. If you want God's hand in your life, be a public proclaimer. This, to me, is an X factor that is missing from many of our lives. That we have our own personal devotion, and we've got our quiet time, and then we try to live a good life, which is great to live as an example. It's beautiful. But there's more that's needed. There's a world that is wasting away, and you and I have got the way that leads to eternal life. Not just hope for eternity, but the help of heaven right here and now. That one of the reasons I believe the hand of God was so on Ezra's life and can come upon your life as well is that he didn't just keep the things of God for himself. He wanted to share. He was building generationally. He was encouraging others. He was living by example. And if you will do that, your life will be, I believe, catalytic to your calling and the promotion of heaven. The hand of God shows up to the people that give God the glory and God the praise and share with people the goodness of their God. What comes when the hand of God comes in your life? Well, the first thing that comes is divine favor. How many would like divine favor? How many? I don't want just the work of man. In fact, I'll be honest, halfway through the year, I'm in a season, just started, of fasting and pursuing God. I'm not telling you what you're fasting. I'm not giving a big grandiose. Don't, I'm not saying that, like, uh, that, that I'm setting myself apart from anyone else. I'm just saying I don't want the rest of the year like it's been. And God's been good. God's been faithful. God's grown our church. God's blessed our life. I'm after more. I'm after more for our church. I'm after more for my family. I'm after more for our marriage. I'm after more that God wants to do. And so I've just decided to take this June as a halftime to get my heart set, to get my ears open. Yeah, there's vacation, there's family memories, all of that stuff. But what if I could rally under the hand of God for the rest of the year? What if there's a breakthrough like there was through Ezra that brought revival to a nation. That Ezra didn't know when no one else wasn't, when no one else was watching, but he was doing the word and living it out and positioning himself to serve people like the king. That God actually was preparing him for a promotion to bring revival to the nation, to bring the heart of God back to the city of God, to do something catalytic, something that's never been done before. In the same way, you need to be asking God for more, asking God for his provision, asking God for his hand, asking God for his divine favor, because God's hand is not short, the Bible says. 
It can reach you right where you're at, but he's looking for hearts that are rightly set. There's divine favor for you. I love this from 1 Chronicles 4. It's the prayer of Jabez. You've probably heard it before. In the 90s, it was like a sensation in the kingdom of God, but most of you weren't following Jesus back then. It says this, now Jabez, who came out of a life of pain, he called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm and even this life that's been painful up to this point, that the next season of my life would not have pain. And God granted him what he requested. It's this little prayer that's buried in this chronological order in Chronicles. And I just love that. The first thing I want you to grab from that is that he just asked God for more. Like we, and I love like living a humble life is, it's not living a life without the help of God. It's just simply giving him the credit for it. But when's the last time you asked God to enlarge your life? Enlarge your territory. Stretch out to new borders and boundaries. Enlarge your opportunity to invite the hand of God over your life. God is actually desiring people with hearts set right and then they would ask for the divine favor to show up and to fall. For us, I don't want to just make it through the summer as a church. I want revival for your marriages. I want revival for your own intimacy with God. I want our kids, when they go to youth camp, and when we have kids' uh, summer camp here, that there would be a breakthrough generationally in our church. God is actually wanting to expand your own tent, your own place, and put you under, under his hand. Because the hand of God comes just divine favor. The second thing, when the hand of God comes, divine fortitude. It's a strength to go through what you're getting through and what you're facing and not in your own ability, but God to divinely hold you in place. This happened in Ezra chapter seven. It says, blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers who would put such thing as this in the king's heart. In other words, I've got favor with the king and the king is sending Artaxerxes all this provision, all these uh, special possessions for worshiping and honoring God, to adorn the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And it's extended loving kindness to me before the king and his counselors and before the king and his mighty princes. Thus I was strengthened according to the hand of the Lord my God upon me, and I gathered leading men of Israel to go with me. In other words, the hand of God has provided for me, and it has strengthened me. And why? Because when they journeyed, the next verse from the river Ahava to the 12th of the first month to go to Jerusalem, the hand of our God was over us and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and the ambushes by the way. In other words, on the way to the plan of God for Ezra's life and revival for God's people were a whole lot of problems. That there was the, the gold and the precious elements of worship that everybody was trying to get their hands on, the enemy. The enemy was trying to stop what God was wanting to do. So this is why he came up against ambushes and attacks. And yet he says, the hand of God was there every, one of, every, every single time. So it doesn't mean he didn't face an attack. It just meant he had God's hand over him, God's protection over him. If you have found yourself in a season of struggle, if you found yourself in a season where you feel seized or left behind, or you found yourself under attack, good news God has a great plan for your life. Other news, the enemy's trying to stop it. But when the hand of God is there with the right heart, with divine favor, comes divine fortitude that you will make it through what you are facing and onto the future that God knows the plans he has for you. 
plans to prosper you, plans to bless you, not without persecution and not without attack. It will just strengthen your testimony that this was all God on God. I love this verse. It's been speaking to me. Kind of a, a prophetic voice in my life shared this with me recently, and I've been just chewing on it. And it comes from, it comes from Ephesians Ephesians 6, the armor of God. We know this. It's a spiritual battle, and we've got spiritual armor, right? And it's got the, the belt of truth, and then it has this, what's called the breastplate or the chest piece of righteousness. And I just want you to get this, this word picture of what the Apostle Paul paints here with his understanding of what God gave him. Is that my, my heart, my soul, my lungs, my, my inner parts, I mean, that's the vitals. They call that the vitals. Vitality, life comes from your vitals. Like I can get grazed with an arrow over here, but if I get one in the middle of the chest, it ain't good. So what holds the sacred place that secures my heart is righteousness. Listen, not holiness, not perfection. How many know there's only one holy one in scripture? There's only one perfect one in scripture. And we now live in his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're in right standing with God. So even when I make a mistake, and even when I have a bad day, and even when I slide into something I shouldn't, if I reset my heart, the part of me that protects the life-giving part of me is it's covered in righteousness, which means I don't have to be perfect. This is why what McCain says, I can look at myself one time and 10 times at Jesus because he's the only reason that I'm here anyway. And if I got divine favor, then I can also have divine fortitude because I did not get here on my own. A foundation was Jesus and the builder of my life is Christ. And the same for you, that if I can fix my eyes on him, who started this good story will end it well. Even if there's captivity in the middle, he'll take me to revival in the end. If I can just stay in that lane called I'm in right standing with Jesus, I can have his protection, his fortitude, protecting that which is most vital of me. With God's hand also comes divine fulfillment. In other words, the plan of God that he's been wanting to accomplish from the beginning of time. This is the stuff that's bigger than just your own tent enlarging, just your own resource, just your own marriage, just your own raising every kids. All those things are near and dear to the heart of God, and he wants to expand them, enlarge them, and breathe on them. He wants to put his hand on every, every asset of your life, every facet of your life. But there's something bigger at play here. There's destiny. And when we live under the hand of God, when the hearts are set right, when we're going after the word, when we're public proclaimers of the things of God, we get the hand of God that helps us go to places we can never go in our own ability, not for our own favor, but for other people to experience the favor in Christ, for there to be revival. This is what happened in Ezra's life as he brought the heartbeat of God and worship back to his people. This is why we are on the earth still to this day, is that there'd be divine fulfillment of the purpose of heaven through our lives. In Exodus 3, there's these people in bondage. We know the story. The Hebrew people were enslaved for 400 years. Moses tries to handle on his own ability, gets put on the bench for 40 years, and God says, hey, my promise remains. I'm gonna use you as the deliverer. And he has this argument with God. Well, God, how are you gonna do it? What am I supposed to say? I don't have the right words. And God just says, just tell him I am with him. If I'm in it, if my hand's in it, it's gonna happen. 
well, what about Pharaoh? Pharaoh's not gonna let us go. Well, he says, but, but I know, God says, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So there's a battle here. There's the grip of Pharaoh, and there's the hand of God. There's the, the hardships of this world where there's an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's a God that wants to bring life, life in its fullness through Christ. And there's a tension there. And God's admitting that naturally speaking, Moses doesn't have the power to get out of the grip of Pharaoh. But he's not living by his own power. That there's a hand of God. He says, so I will stretch out my hand and I will take care of the enemy. With wonders I'll perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I just want to pause to say that some of you, the enemy has allowed something in your yesterday or a current crisis in your life to strangle out the plan of God. That you still find yourself in the grip of your mistake, your misery, the malaise in your heart. But God is saying, if you could just set your heart on me, if you can be a doer of the word, if you can be a promoter of the kingdom of God, a public proclaimer of the goodness of God, I will put my hand upon you. And it doesn't matter what has held you back in seasons of yesterday, that your breakthrough is on the horizon. By the way, the rest of the verse says that not only did they get out of the place of bondage, they took all of the blessing of Egypt with them, that all the provision and the gold and the silver. In other words, I'm not just going to get you free. I'm going to set you up for your future. I'm here to remind you today that your father's strength and your father's arm is greater than Pharaoh's. That what God puts on you doesn't matter what you grew up in, doesn't matter your current crisis or the status of your soul, that if I could set my heart, if I can do the word, if I can live for the glory of God, I'm gonna see the protection, promotion, and provision of the hand of God. So what do we do? So our Father's hand is stronger than Pharaoh as we humble ourselves. I don't know who this is for, but I, some of you that just, you wanna change in your year. You want to change in your life. That you're going to take a season. Maybe it's June. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's 40 days. And you're going to humbly get your heart set. You're going to take a good look at some areas that you've been maybe allowing the grip of the enemy for far too long. And you're going to, in humility, position yourself under God's mighty hand. And you will experience a due season of divine favor, divine fortitude, and divine fulfillment, that God will bring revival to your family, to your neighborhood, to your workplace, to our city. God's gonna bring his resources. If he plundered Egypt to provide for his people, what could God not do for you? And then in this season of halftime, it's about heart set. That if a heart is set now, we will see the hand of God tomorrow. And he wants to work mightily in your life, in your family, in your career, in your inner world, that breastplate of righteousness will protect you and sustain you as you walk forward in the destiny that God has prepared for you. Why is this important? Because the hand of God isn't just for us. It's for what God does through us. That's why you need to pray some Jabez-like prayers. Expand this. Get the heart right where it's not about you. Get that Ezra, the divine help. Get your heart in right order. But pray for the expansion of heaven on your life. There is more for every single one of us. More people to reach. I think more blessing and favor from heaven to fall in your life. More God doors of destiny to open before you. 
more joy in your marriage, more joy in the raising of your kids, more fruit of the Spirit as we allow Him to do the surrender work. We do the surrender work of the soil of our soul and allow God to plant something in our heart that's gonna prosper and grow for seasons to come. Acts 11, this is what happens when all of us get our hearts right and all of us experience the hand of God. It says that the Lord's hand was with them, speaking to the church. This is with us. Kingdom City, God's hand is with us. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. In other words, this was bigger than us. In this halftime of summer, from this book of Ezra, I'm here to tell you today, if you'll set your heart, God will set his hand. If you'll set your heart today, God will set his hand. If you humble yourself today, God will promote tomorrow. If you ask for his deliverance today, he'll not only get you out what you're going through, he'll provide for the next season that's yet to come. If we can get the heart set right, God's hand will come and do what we could never do in our own ability. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every heart that's here. Those that feel like I'm trapped in a, I'm, I'm trapped in a halfway place. Maybe they feel like they're a little bit in captivity. Lord, would you resonate louder than ever before the promise you made to the prophet Jeremiah that Ezra saw the reality of that you know the plans that you have for them, that they are not stuck and they are not halfway, but their hearts are getting set and the hand of God is showing up. The hand of God is gonna fall on their marriage. The hand of God is gonna fix some of the things that have been out of alignment in their inner world. Their hearts are set on you, God, so your hand is set on them. And you can promote where no one else can. And I'm praying it is a due time, a due season for every diligent believer who's done the hard work of the heart that the hand of God is about ready to show up. And with that hand comes the divine favor, the divine fortitude, and divine fulfillment. God, destiny being released. Not one day when, not for somebody else, but for them right here, right now, and all for your glory. We stay in this moment of prayer. If you're here and you've never received the gift of Jesus, or you have before, but you've been going your own way, and it's time to, your heart's set. You know, I gotta come back into life. I gotta put him first. I gotta seek him first. I've allowed something else to take that place. I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer, one big prayer is one big family of faith, to just get our hearts set back in his, his righteousness. It's a gift that we receive because of what Christ has already done, but we have to receive it. If that is you, no one looking around, and you need a fresh start with Jesus for the first time or to come back home to him, to put him first, you know that your heart is out of alignment and you need his grace to realign you. Would you raise your hand today? Say, that's me, Pastor God, this prayer is for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15, maybe that's you online, Atlantic 16, 17. There's so many people coming alive to Jesus. It's a reset of the heart, which means revival's on the way, amen. Can we pray together as one family of faith? Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. You sent Jesus. You sent Jesus. To save me. To save me. To secure me. To secure me. To rescue me. To rescue me. I'm no longer caught in my sin. I have been set free. His death has brought me life. Brought me life. I, give you my life. I give you my life. From this day on, you're first. I'm going after you. I won't have Set my heart in order. Set my heart in order. Fill me with your spirit. With I want to see your hand on my life. I believe my life is expanding. 
the goodness of God surrounds me. I have his favor and I will see a God future. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate everyone coming alive to Jesus? Beautiful, love you very much.